3: Allen taking off. Can he get there? Stiff arm to get
4: there. I want to win, win games no matter how I can do it. And while he's doing it, he's laughing. I guess an example of you know what I'm willing to do to, to, to win a game. They weren't too happy about it, but it is what it is. They got to deal with it.
1: Welcome to NFL Live, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Can I just say how much fun last night was? The NFL season has begun, and wow, what a stampede the Bills came out with. We welcome you here to the show. So glad that you're with us. Marcus Spears, Mina Kimes, Ryan Clark, Field Yates joins us in just moments, and we're going to get to big news with Lamar Jackson today. But first, let's go back to last night. RC, what stuck out to you?
5: Josh Allen finally taking it to the next level. Remember when he got Stefan Diggs? Everyone was saying that that next year, which was last year, was going to be his MVP season. But he really didn't get rolling and start taking over games till late in the season. And then obviously that classic matchup with Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Last night, we saw it right away. He was the best football player on the field from start to finish. There were two little mistakes. But other than that, he was flawless, reaching the ball over Bobby Wagner, stiff-forming. It was amazing to see him take that next level and take his seat with the
3: elite. What if I told you the Bills' defensive line dominated the first game of the week? Because that's absolutely what they did. We were excited to see Von Miller, but we didn't know Jalen Phillips was going to show up like he did. We didn't know Boogie Basham was going to get an interception. It was big men balling all over the place last night. It was a mm-hmm. dominant performance, and clearly the Los Angeles Rams have to work on their protection of Matthew Stafford because this pass rush took over the game yesterday.
0: So you don't want to overreact too much versus the prohibitive Super Bowl favorites, but I am a little bit concerned about this Rams offensive line, not just in pass protection, but the run blocking, because the run game as a whole looked like a problem, which is a continuation of what we saw last year. Carroll Henderson ran into light boxes on 12 of his 13 carries, yet he averaged less than four yards of pop. That's going to be an issue for a Rams offense that needs to look more balanced than they did last night.
1: We've got more coming your way on this game, and we're going to dive into a whole lot around it. But let's get to another top story today with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. No new contract. That's so Ravens. I love it. Disney play there. Uh, Ravens GM Eric DaCosta said that despite best efforts from both sides, they could not agree on an extension. Jackson will now make $23 million this season and is expected to be franchise tagged after this season. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh was asked about all of it today.
2: I think all the feelings that you would expect that anybody would have, you know, you probably have. You know, I wasn't probably not for me as much because I wasn't directly involved with with any back and forth. But uh, you know, you you're hopeful. But there's, you know, there's there's still those things will work themselves out in the end. I'm confident that. I think I said at the beginning that'll happen when it's time. You know, and when it's time, it'll happen. So uh, Lamar's playing quarterback. He's going to be playing quarterback here for a long time. Uh, He and I talked about it yesterday a little bit. Like, hey man, let's go be our best and and go focus on football, and that's what he's been doing all along, so I know nothing will change with that, and just focused on Sunday.
1: I actually believe him that Lamar Jackson will be completely focused on football, but as Phil Yates joins us here, Phil, it's not like this was unexpected. We felt like it was trending this way that they would not get a deal done before the season, but it is unprecedented. What do we expect now?
4: Let's start with this reality, Laura, is that words are just words when it comes to contract negotiations. No matter how confident the Ravens are about Lamar Jackson being a part of their future going forward, until there is a long-term deal wrapped up, there will be an element of doubt and some concern over a deal getting done. Let's focus a little bit more into the future, though. After this season, Lamar Jackson is a likely, if not a sure, candidate for the franchise tag if the team has not already locked him up a long term. And as we know, once you enter into the dance of the franchise tag, can go in any number of directions. Dak Prescott recently became the only quarterback to ever play a season on the franchise tag and then sign an extension with that team. Of course, Lamar wants to be in Baltimore and the team wants to have him there but all of a sudden something we thought could be wrapped up by today might just be getting started.
1: Yeah, Marcus, how do you feel about this not getting done?
3: Yeah, Boogie, when you said, that's so Raven, I thought mysteriously. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I used to love that Joe. Me Listen, too. I, I think this is, this is very simple for me. If Lamar Jackson was offered anything under what Kyler Murray got, then the Baltimore Ravens committed a travesty. If they were at 200 or $200 plus million guaranteed, but not at 235 guaranteed, and the contract over its life would have been more than the one, in Cleveland and Deshaun Watson because we made that comparison, then I would have recommended to Lamar Jackson, not that he's listening to me, that you sign that deal. And then four or five years later, you do another extension after you've deposited 200 plus million dollars into your bank account. But ultimately, he's comfortable with making this decision. So moving forward, I just hope that we don't find out that the Baltimore Ravens was offering less guaranteed money than what Colin Murray got from the Arizona Cardinals. I wouldn't be able to fix my mind around that.
5: Yeah, see, Marcus, I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable at all for anybody. Basically, right now, I'm like 3 old linemen sitting on the same row while we're traveling for an away game. It's tight. Because when you think about the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, it just seems like the perfect fit. It seems like the place he's supposed to be. They've built the offense. Nope, they didn't build the offense around him. He is the offense in Baltimore. He does so much for that team. And when I hear we made our best efforts on both sides, no, you didn't. Because had you made your best efforts on both sides, this deal would be getting done. And I understand that now, you know, you hear Phil say they moved into the franchise dance and things can go either way or things can go different ways. If I'm the Baltimore Ravens and I'm Lamar Jackson, I want them to go one way. I want a long-term deal. I want guaranteed money. I want security going forward. And I want to know that this is a marriage that is built to last. So for me, I would have liked to see it done, but we do know that Lamar Jackson is going to play ball and John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens are going to focus on winning the AFC North.
1: All right, Mina. So RC so comfortable. He's likening this to being three offensive linemen crammed into a tight space. If you're the Ravens, how before. do you feel like uh, about this at this point?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I am nervous. I am not happy. You know, we'll see how this works out for Lamar Jackson. But I can tell you one thing: it would have been best for the Ravens to get this deal done. Um, you know the expression: yesterday's price is not today's price. Well, it sure as hell isn't tomorrow's price with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert's contracts coming down the pike. That dollar figure is only going to go up. And the pro- and the additional risk is if they do end up franchise tagging him, as says, and he actually ends up playing on that tag, that is a fixed dollar figure over $40 million. The advantage of doing these long-term deals like the Bills did with Josh Allen or the Chiefs did with Patrick Probably Mahomes did. is— Suddenly, your money becomes flexible. Exactly. You get a big signing bonus that you can throw rate. You can move it around on the cap. You can fit guys in. You can't do that with a gigantic franchise tag that first year. So for Baltimore, I'm hoping that while he may say the window is closed, that it is not closed, and that he is still open to getting a deal done. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: One of the things that Adam Schefter had reported a few days ago is that – I know. Maybe the deadline isn't as hard and fast as Lamar's saying it is. Hmm. You could see this potentially go into the season. Maybe negotiations would come up and surprise us down the road. Who knows what's going to happen, but either way, what we do know for sure is that Lamar Jackson will continue to bet on himself, and it is an incredibly unusual situation that we'll point to for years to come. Let's get back to last night because that was a whole lot of fun too, especially if you were a Bills fan. And when you think about the Bills and the Rams, Josh Allen was on fire, right? But how about the dominance of Buffalo's pass rush? The Bills only blitz once on the night, but that didn't stop them from wreaking havoc behind the line of scrimmage as they pressured Matthew Stafford on 31% of his dropbacks and sacked him seven times. In doing so, they tied a franchise record for most sacks in a season opener, and they did it without blitzing. So, Mina, when you think about it from that standpoint, what did you see in this Bills pass rush last night?
0: The word that comes to mind is relentless. Um, Watching them, I was reminded a little bit of the Eagles pass rush from the year that they won the Super Bowl back in 2018. You guys remember that postseason, they didn't blitz a lot, actually less than 10% of the time, but they still had a pressure rate of nearly 40% because they were able to just send waves and waves of defensive linemen at quarterbacks. I think that's what Buffalo has. When we talked about Von Miller and we saw what a force multiplier he is, But having him there, suddenly all of the other defensive linemen, whether it was Jordan Phillips or A.J. Epinesa or Boogie Basham or Gregory Rousseau, they are so deep that they can sustain that four-man rush into the fourth quarter. And if you can do that in today's NFL, you can win a championship.
5: Mina's right. They went absolutely crazy up front. But I want to talk about the total defensive effort. Edmonds and Milano, obviously Poyer and Hyde in the middle, but also corners on the outside who haven't played a ton of ball in the NFL who flat out stepped up and made plays. And, yes, they gave up some plays inside the Cooper Cup, but Cooper Cup is going to get the ball because Matthew Stafford only has eyes for him. Anyway, what this team was able to do is just a continuation of what we saw last year with one step up. Now they have a relentless pass rush and I get it you were playing against some new guys for the Los Angeles Rams but it was total dominance back to front for me think about a team that third turns the football over three times in the first half to the defending reigning champs and the score is 10-10 I think that's the moment when Josh Allen and Von Miller are walking into the locker room where they say oh yeah y'all, we got them they are starting to believe like Absolutely. Neo in the matrix and they just might be the one
1: yeah, you think about how quickly Josh Allen was getting the ball out last night, just operating from a level yeah. of such confidence. Marcus, what did you see from him?
3: He looked like a baby that finally learned how to potty. Um, look, it wasn't. It had nothing to do. It, 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 it had nothing to do with his talent. We all knew Josh Allen was talented. We knew he had a phenomenal what? arm. But what he did was he took baby steps. <laughs> he allowed himself to make intermediate throws. He allowed himself to get the ball out of his hand quickly and not look to make explosive plays every time he had the ball in his hands. He ran when it was necessary. I was so in – I was so – it was so good to watch the third down conversion ability. Like, those guys were really in sync. And and had it not been for a a pass dropped by Emmanuel Sanders, he would have only had one touchdown – I mean, one interception, which that one was a little bit behind, and Troy Hill made a phenomenal play – but as you look throughout the duration of this game, we'll talk about Josh Allen stretching out over Bobby Wagner. We'll talk about the stiff form on the sideline. We'll talk about the throw across his body to uh, Stefan Diggs down the field. But I like talking about Gabe Davis sitting in a hole. I like talking about feeding the ball to his backs when they had opportunities in the open field. Those are the plays that's going to be the difference between Josh Allen And the Buffalo Bills winning a championship as opposed to pressing and feeling like I need to score 50 Mm. points a game or I need to throw a deep shot every single possession in the game. It was phenomenal to watch you all. And I think that's the difference between them winning a Super Bowl from an offensive standpoint and even Ken Dorsey sprinkling in a little bit of Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Yeah. And even though Cook fumbled, he came back to the young young rookie to let him know that we still believe in you. It was a total team effort from an offensive standpoint, but Josh Allen most impressive thing he did in that game to me was took what the defense gave him, and that is something we got on Patrick Mahomes about last year when zone when people zoned him from top down. It was phenomenal to watch.
1: Yeah, the offense didn't miss a beat without Brian Dable either. And back to you saying that Josh Allen was like a baby that learned how to potty. As someone I, who just I recently went through potty training a two-year-old, it, my daughter Reese, and she, she's like doing great with it. Josh Allen's no longer on the little potty. He's on like the big boy potty, okay? He's, he's not even on the toddler potty. He advanced <laughs> yeah, he past he all that. Down no
3: more. He wear pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that.
1: There's a difference. No sitting down. He's probably standing up. Alright, plenty more to come here. The Bucks are oh. facing the Cowboys in Dallas on Sunday night for a Week 1 rematch. We'll preview the ins and outs of this star studded matchup. And speaking of superstars, we'll see Devontae Adams suit up for the first time against the Chargers Week 1. But is there anything Vegas can do to slow down Justin Herbert? NFL Live is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And in in part by DiGiorno. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. And Duracell, engineered for more.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Coming this week on Sunday NFL Countdown before Brady and the Bucks battle the Cowboys, we're going one-on-one with Dak Prescott.
5: I never want help. I always want it, want it the hard way. If
3: you want to be the best, you got to beat the best.
1: Plus, an all-access look inside Devontae Adams'
6: reunion with Derek Carr.
3: I'm going to play this year, but I'm, I'm going to probably see what the market looks like.
6: And Randy Moss takes the field to catch up with the Bengals' terrific trio. Kick
2: off the season with us on Sunday NFL Countdown at 10 a.m. Eastern on the
1: So glad you're with us on NFL Live. Time for smart lineup decisions provided by IBM. And we bring in Field Yates for this. Field, let's talk some top fantasy storylines heading into Sunday of Week 1. Let's start with Christian McCaffrey, whose injury issues have burned some fantasy owners in the past.
4: That's right, Laura, but here's the good news. He is fully healthy coming into this Week 1. And if he plays 17 games, he's the best bet to be the highest scoring player in fantasy football this season. Over the past four years, when he's been available, he's averaging nearly 26 fantasy points per game more than any other player in the nfl he has legitimate 100 catch upside and of course 12 13 1400 rushing yards as well they play the browns on sunday he's my rb1 for this week let's go to seattle monday night football can't wait for this game when russell wilson returns back to the pacific northwest but how much will geno smith's presence as the starting quarterback impact the value of dk metcalf and also tyler lockett i was encouraged by some things that i saw during the preseason from Smith, but in previous years you might have both these guys inside your top 20. I have DK Metcalf as wide receiver 21 on the board this week and Tyler Lockett inside my 30s for my wide receiver rankings and one more topic is of course the two traded wide receivers. Devontae Adams and Tyree Killer are both extremely well paid by their new teams but how are things going to change Moving on from Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes to Derek Carr and to Tungo-Vailo. Well, I'm still confident both of them. I have both of them inside my top ten for wide receivers this week. As we know, with Tyreek Hill, he needs just one play to make his day worthwhile. We got a glimpse of it during the preseason on that long throw against the Eagles. Meanwhile, Devontae Adams, I'm not overthinking this one. Very good quarterback, perhaps the best wide receiver in the NFL in a shootout potential game against the Chargers, who will not likely have J.C. Jackson in week one.
1: Yeah, really good point. Let's continue on that matchup. Chargers against Raiders. Keep talking about the AFC West this offseason. Well, we get to see a great one. A showdown right out the gate. Derek Carr against Justin Herbert. and Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Remember, these two teams met in Week 18 when the Raiders won in overtime, knocked Herbert and company out of the playoffs. Justin Herbert talking about how he still hadn't gotten over that. It's still fresh, and now they get a little revenge action. So last season, Justin Herbert torched defenses in zone coverage posting the second highest QBR while throwing seven more touchdowns than any other quarterback in the NFL. He's going to look to continue that on Sunday against the Raiders, who, by the way, used zone coverage at the fourth highest rate in the league last season. And while Las Vegas does have a new defensive coordinator in Patrick Brand, he still used zone at the sixth highest rate with the Giants last season. You've got to think some of that continues. So, Mina, what would your plan be to defend Justin Herbert and the Chargers
0: offense? Pray. You know, really, seriously pray <laughs> if I was Patrick Graham. <laughs> now, uh, interesting.
2: Um, it's
3: Just it's an interesting, it
0: interesting issue because the Raiders' defense, uh, in some ways, is a bit stronger up front. I think they should have a really solid pass rush with the addition of uh, Chandler Jones opposite Max Crosby. However, on the back end... While I certainly don't expect them to play this sort of static cover three look we saw so often with Gus Bradley at a greater rate than any team in the NFL last year, and they really shouldn't against any team in the AFC West, I'm not sure they have the personnel in their secondary to mix things up, uh, in particular having Jonathan Abram as your safety, who's really more of a box safety. If you wanted to lean on more of those split safety too high looks we see, I, I don't know where he fits into that. So I think it's a, quite a challenge for Patrick Graham because perhaps what's best to combat a quarterback like Justin Herbert might not fit with the personnel he has. So he's gonna have to figure out how to sort of sustain that pass rush, I think, to compensate for some of the issues in the secondary.
5: Man, y'all know what the young kids say these days. The young kids say, man, y'all capping. Everybody that's playing defense in the AFC West, stay capping, because during the week they're going to talk about how they're going to come out and stop people and how they're going to play great defense, and you're probably not. You're actually just going to go out and say, you know what? Let's not give up 40 today, and we got a shot to win. These offenses are so stacked with skilled players, such good quarterbacks on each of these teams. It's going to be about getting extra possessions for your offenses. If you are the Raiders, maybe you move Jonathan Abram to dime. You bring in another safety in your sub packages. you can Not play those two high looks with the fast, versatile guy at the dime backer. And if you're playing against the Raiders, what the hell are you going to do? Right? They're going to play matchup ball. It's basically going to be a basketball <laughs> game. Right? It's going to be a pickup basketball game. And Darren Waller's is going to walk to this. He's going to walk to the line, and he's going to look at Derek Carr, and they're going to look across from him, and it's going to be some scrub that can't cover him, and he's going to go. Me. And then the next play, Devontae Adams is going to come out there, and he said he just got to look at Derek Carr, and he's going to be like, yeah, we going deep. And then Hunter Renfro going to get out there, and he's going to have the mismatch, and he going to hit you with 17 moves in five yards, and you ain't going to be able to do nothing about it because he is the route god. And so you have all of these things happening, and you truly just have to pick a poison. And I think this is going to be with a lot of different teams, and we'll see our first go at it when these two teams meet.
0: Here's what they're going to have to do. Patrick Graham is going to have to go up to Chandler Jones and Max Crosby, and do the same thing that I do to you guys on every call before the show and say this, you're gonna have to carry me today. Two of you are gonna have to put team by your back. You're gonna have to get home because that is all we've got. By the way, Mina carries
1: <laughs> all I I of us for clarification. Now you are wrong because you this, carry I'm us. <laughs>
3: I was about to say, I about to say MK is on here line. I be saying the wrong names. I don't be knowing people coaches and everything. I ask him, hey, who this guy hey, is. We My can all leg. get better, who, who right? We won. Yeah, yeah. Everybody. We got we got ways to go. Listen, I, I'm glad both of you alluded to the defensive lines and, and how important the pass rush is, y'all. Cause ultimately, when even looking at last night with the Buffalo Bills and the Rams, these games are gonna come down to who can get off the field on third down and get their offenses yep. up two or three more possessions in games, right? And we talk about the dual edge with, with Joey Bosa and obviously Khalil Mack or Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. But ultimately, I think this game is going to be won, especially in this division. It's going to be won consistently by these D-lines. And whoever can get, like, like you were talking about earlier, Mina, whoever can get to the quarterback with a four-man rush. And RC knows this as well as anybody. If you compromise compromising your secondary – because you got to bring somebody yes. down in the box to get the run stop, or if you got to add a guy to the box because he got to come down and try to get hands on a tight end or something, you are putting yourself in a terrible position with the skill players that's in this division, especially with these quarterbacks who can buy time and find guys down the field at, at at long range. So this is all going to come down to if it's going to be Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa who we talk about more after this game, or will it be Chandler Jones and Max Crosby? And somebody else on either one of these D lines is going to have to bring it to the party, like we saw Phillips with the Buffalo Bills against the Rams. Will it be Will it be Tillery for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers? Will it be Hankins or Austin Johnson? We'll find out. But these guys have to step up up front.
1: Hey, guys, by the way, the last time Justin Herbert saw a Patrick Graham defense, if you're trying to look for a little example there, was last season against the Giants. All he did in that game was throw three touchdowns and complete 74% of his passes. So... Man, I know it's different Ooh. players, but still, that's one way to uh, think about good. it. Back to Mina's advice. Just pray. By the way, Standing we're going to pray that, that, that we're better in the next block. Okay? I'm challenging all of us, including myself. <laughs> Let's be better on this show. The stage is set for Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins to make noise after a busy offseason. Mina sees a huge weakness in their week one opponent that needs to be targeted. We'll be right back. Tired of contestants investing in
3: the winners. Kaim, I'm so tired that I got plenty of time.
1: Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find a fine life. Live La Vida Masfina.
6: Five. Step mat, four, up to on the clock. Three, two, and bring it in. One.
5: Let's go. Sure, it's a new season, new opportunity, fresh start. We're all excited. But it's not exciting because it's the beginning. I mean, we've been doing this for decades. The excitement is the evolution. Knowing that the game and the way that we see it, it'll never stop changing. But no matter where this game takes us, we're here for it. Because the only feeling stronger than excitement is the fear of missing what happens next.
1: Yeah. So those were the, that, the beautiful Morgan pipes Freeman. of Brian Clark. Let's go.
2: Yeah,
1: Morgan Freeman better watch out. His
5: whole life.
1: <laughs> it's funny Bro, to laugh so about good, something brody. on the delay when it hits everyone. Oh. You know what? We're gonna leave it there. Ryan, you sounded amazing. That's all we need to know. Let's go through some matchups to watch on Sunday. Let's begin with RC. Give me one in Steelers Bengals.
5: Like, what is the Steeler O-line going to do with the Bengals' defensive line? Listen, I got to go to to Cincinnati during training camp, and I had a little talk with Mina's son, Trey Henderson. I saw Sam Hubbard, who's one of the largest humans I've ever seen. DJ Reader, obviously Logan uh, in the middle, Logan Wilson. I think this team is so good up front, and the Steelers are a question mark on the offensive line. We watched Mitchell Trubisky run for his life in the preseason. Will they be able to hold up and create anything for Najee Harris in the run game?
0: Nina,
1: what about Packers-Vikings?
0: Ooh, the most dramatic thing in week one, well, outside of Ryan Clark's cinematic reading there, <laughs> is the matchup between <laughs> Jair Alexander, who is going to be playing in the slot, versus Justin Jefferson, who we're told is going to have this Cooper Cup role in the Minnesota Vikings offense. These are two elite players. I simply cannot wait to see them go head-to-head to determine the outcome of this game. Marcus, 49ers at Bears.
3: Yeah, I'm looking toward. I'm looking forward to seeing what D'Amico Ryan's adds to the phenomenal defense that they played down the stretch throughout the playoffs. And we all lamented about the Chicago Bears' offensive line and what they aren't. But well, this ain't the test you want coming out week one with Nick Bosa on that side and the way this defense confuses people. We saw him confuse Aaron Rodgers. We saw him take Devontae Adams away from the Green Bay Packers last year in the playoffs. So I, I know Justin Fields has a lot on his plate. This is gonna be a hell of a lot to come out for the first week of the season.
1: Lots of tests coming for Justin Fields and that Bears offense. As we continue on here, how about we go to the Dolphins, adding some big-time weapons around Tua Tungavailoa this offseason, including Tyreek Hill. Maybe that's why the Dolphins are slight favorites over the Patriots. The Pats have been in Miami for a while trying to get used to that heat and supposed to be around 87 degrees and humid as all get-out, 1 p.m. Sunday in Miami. ESPN's Football Power Index has Sunday's game between the Patriots and Dolphins as the closest projection of Week 1. You see, they giving Miami a 51% chance to win at home. RC, what do you want to see out of Tua in this one specifically?
5: You know what? I want to see Tua move to good, right? Like, like consistently good. We all have, like, family members' house we go by, right? Like, we got that one auntie. Like, she don't even really know that the rice not supposed to go in the gumbo before you get a bowl of it. Like, you don't really go to that auntie's house looking for great food, but you expect it to be good. That's what we need from Tua Valoa, right? Be better than Jimmy Garoppolo because I believe he's more talented, but get the football into your playmaker's hands when they have space. or Make sure if Tyreek Hill does take the top off of the defense, you you don't miss him there we're not asking him to be joe burrow or justin herbert who he will forever be compared to we're asking you with the guys that you have with the coach and the schematics that, that you guys run offensively do the right things put the football in the right place and be confident about it show us that you have command of yeah. this offense you are now the captain and that you can run this team and i think that's all this miami team needs to compete and be a playoff contender
0: I think that's exactly right, and it's so important in this game because, to my eye, despite the fact that I agree that this is a close one, one of the biggest mismatches in football this weekend across any game is this Dolphins wide receiver group against the Patriots secondary, which, uh, you know, I like the safeties, but the cornerback group is amongst, if not the worst groups in football. They should be able to stress them both horizontally and vertically with the speed that the Dolphins have in their skill position including Mike at tight end. But Tua needs to deliver that football, whether it's over the top or accurately over the middle of the field to set them up to get yards after the catch. I'm also looking, however, at that uh, min- that Miami offensive line. Yes, they brought in Teron Armstead and that is an improvement, but the rest of the offensive line still is a big question for mark for me. And the Patriots, to me, their strength is going to be up front. So they're going to need to hold up so that Tua can actually deliver on the mismatch I described. On the Patriots'
1: side of things, Marcus, how many times we talk about the offensive coordinator situation for them with Mac Jones. Now we finally get to see him play in a real game as week one's rapidly approaching. What do you need to see from that side, even on the sideline or maybe up in the booth when it comes to the offensive coordinator to Mac Jones?
3: Yeah, I think, I think we got a little carried away with with the performances of Mac Jones because it was so much better than the guys that he was drafted with and him being handed the keys. Yeah. And I'm not taking away I agree. the talent. Yeah. I think Mac Jones is going to be a phenomenal quarterback. But ultimately, it, it you have to have explosiveness in this league, especially in the AFC, which they're in, in order to have a shot at the playoffs. And what R.C. – and what Mina just talked about, like, especially Mina with the advantages that Miami have in the wide receiver room, Mac Jones is not afforded that. Xavier Howard is on the back end, one of the better corners yeah. in the league. Brandon Jones is back there. I just don't, I don't know what to expect because of the offensive play calling situation. But also, this is going to have to be carried a lot by Mac Jones. And he's going to have to go deep with the football and take some chances. I just, I'm, I'm just interested to see how it works out.
1: Yeah, you guys, this is kind of crazy to me. This Sunday, Tua will look to become the first quarterback ever to defeat a Belichick coach Patriots team four straight times. So if he does it, he'll be the first mm. to do it four straight times. It kind of makes sense considering wow. it's Bill Belichick. All right, Phil, take All us right. through the latest on some injuries this week. Let's start
4: with Alan Lazard. That's right, Laura, a guy who we thought could be the top wide receiver for the Packers this season is unlikely to play on Sunday as he was stepped on last week in practice He is now listed as doubtful to play with an ankle injury. Other players like Sammy Watkins and their two rookies, Romeo Dobbs, possibly Christian Watson, could step into more prominent roles with old, reliable Randall Cobb there as well. But the maybe Alan Lazard breakout will have to hold on for at least one more week. Meanwhile, in Baltimore, running back J.K. Dobbins listed as questionable to play this week. Obviously, recovering from an ACL tear suffered late in August of last year. Lamar Jackson recently made... Reference to the fact that he looks forward to seeing J.K. Dobbins in a couple of weeks. John Harbaugh has maintained a more optimistic stance, but it sounds like there's a chance it could be Mike Davis is starting running back on Sunday for the Ravens against the Jets. Meanwhile, the 49ers' bad injury luck continues. His tight end, George Kittle, got hurt in Monday. It was a groin injury that popped up. He has not practiced at all this week, which makes him extremely unlikely to play on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. They have played without George Kittle in the past, but certainly one of the great X-Factors in this league, not just a dominant pass catcher, but of course the best blocking tight end in the NFL. Meanwhile, the Colts will not have star linebacker Shaquille Leonard. He has been officially ruled out for Sunday's game against the Houston Texans due to a back injury.
1: Thanks so much, Field, for all of the latest information. Lots to get you caught up on as we get closer and closer to the Sunday games of Week 1. We get back to the beginning of Week 1. Coming up next, Josh Allen had no problem attacking Jalen Ramsey last night, throwing for two touchdowns against the star corner. So should we be worried about Ramsey going forward? RC has the answer next. You're watching NFL Live, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook.
2: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza the number one pick in Detroit style pizza why it's simple Jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight S-A-V-E Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be.
1: Welcome back to NFL Live, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The 53rd season of Monday Night Football kicks off with Russell Wilson returning to Seattle to lead the Broncos against the Seahawks. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman make their Monday Night Football debut with Lisa Salters on the field. It's 8 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Peyton and Eli also back on ESPN2, and this is just... Days away. Can't wait. Time for some read and react now. All the latest news around the league. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens did not come to an agreement on a long term deal today. With the deal not done, all eyes turn to next offseason for Lamar and the franchise tag. For context, as you see there, there have only been three quarterbacks to play a season under the franchise tag, two of them. Drew Brees and Kirk Cousins ended up leaving the team that tagged them, while Dak Prescott, of course, the Cowboys, able to work out a long-term deal. So, Marcus, you hear that? Is it a good thing for Lamar to bet on himself?
3: No, it's not good, but I got it, y'all. I know know what happened. Gas prices went up. The Brinks truck couldn't make it all the way to Baltimore. (laughs) Or, and, and they got to figure out how to get it to Owens Mills because it's no way in hell that this deal ain't supposed to be done. And now that the prices are falling on gas, hopefully that truck can pull up at that facility and Steve Bishotti being the driver of it, the <laughs> owner of the Baltimore Ravens, and they can get this thing done for Lamar Jackson. It's no way that this contract shouldn't have got completed before the season started. It need to get done <laughs> quick.
1: up with gas all right last (laughs) night in the opening game of this nfl season the bills beat the rams rams dv jalen ramsey struggled he allowed six receptions for 94 yards and a touchdown as the nearest defender in coverage according to nfl next-gen stats he allowed a perfect passer rating for just the second time in his career with the first instance coming back in his rookie season rc what does ramsey need to do to return to his lockdown form
5: He's got to get back to being himself. Don't do the thinking. Don't think about what it means to, to, uh, to your legacy, what it means that you're following the number one. Just go do what you do. And sometimes when you are so good and people don't throw the football at you, you get a little, you get a, little a little sleepy, right? You're not always locked in. And I think now Jalen Ramsey understands he needs to return to form. And I'm not going to look at two games and erase six years of what I've seen this great cornerback do.
1: You're so reasonable, and I love it. All right, Sunday, the Chiefs face the Cardinals. Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray leading their respective offenses. And here's what Cliff Mm. Kingsbury said about the matchup.
3: Yeah, I mean, just the ability to to play off schedule. You know, Pat's not as fast, but he's a little bit bigger, um, where Kyler is more quick twitch and and can really leave people when when he takes off. But I I think the baseball background – with the arm angles and, and being able to get the snap quick and getting it out and their quick release definitely plays into it for both of them. And um, both being raised by dads that were great athletes, I mean, that this is what they were raised to do. So being unflappable, you know, being that competitive has been their whole life.
1: Cliff knows Pat well, too. Mina, what's the key for Kyler and the Cardinals in this matchup?
0: They're going to have to score a lot of points, Laura why they pay me the big bucks for that kind of analysis. Here's what I'm going to be looking for uh, from this Cardinals offense. Cliff Kingsbury, can you make adjustments without DeAndre Hopkins? Find ways to get Rondale Moore involved in this game. Secondly, you talked about Kyler Murray's athleticism. We're going to need to see that on display and not just scrambling. I want to see some design rollouts as well, which is not something we've always seen from him. Finally, we know Steve Spagnolo is going to send the house. Are you prepared for his blitz packages and all of the tricky stuff they run on the back end. Tyler, it's got to be mental, too. Yeah,
1: you mentioned Rondell Moore. I mean, look up his Yak numbers, and you know exactly why Mina's saying get that guy more involved. Guys, now time for DraftKings Sportsbook predictions. This is going to be fun. For RC, you get to go first. Who are you taking? Let's pick this one, Raiders or Chargers and why?
5: Listen, I'm going to go Chargers, and I'm going to say that the Chargers are going to have not an easier time defending the Raiders, but they're going to find ways to get a couple of more stops and give the football to Justin Herbert. This team understands that they have one of the best young quarterbacks in the game, and the more possessions he gets, the better chance they have to win.
0: Mina, who do you have in Colts-Texans week one? Laura, I will bravely the Indianapolis Colts. No, here's what I want to see from this team. <laughs> We're assuming they're going to
6: run away with
0: this division. I want to see them look dominant from the jump. I want to see how this dip defense looks without Phil Leonard because that's an injury that could persist over the course of the season against better teams. And I want to see this pass rush with Yannick Ngakwe and how they used to find Gilmore on the back end. I want to see all of it because this team should be a real contender.
1: Marcus, the Baker Mayfield revenge game. Panthers, Browns, who you taking?
3: I'm excited to see this one, but I'm taking the team that Miles Garrett plays for because he's starting against a rookie left tackle, and that spells disaster after what we saw Von Miller do to no-boom last night, who had reps in this league. And ultimately, I think this run game for the Cleveland uh, Browns is going to carry them. Jacoby Brissett is good enough to maintain, make a few passes, throws here and there, but I expect this Cleveland defense to be better than they were last year, and Miles Garrett going to be a problem like he is every Sunday.
1: All right, let's get to Cowboys next on NFL Live. You don't want to miss this, I promise. They're heading with a big test against the Bucks defense. This Cowboys offense, Swagoo says. They got to run the ball or it's going to be a long night. Find out more. We'll be right back.
6: DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And to celebrate the new season, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Download the app and use code NFL Live when you sign up. Robert Half Research
4: indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: NFL Live is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And in part by Pizza Hut. No one out pizzas the Hut. And Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Hey, have you heard that the Cowboys are underdogs heading into this season? The Bucks are actually favored by two and a half points on the road. Last we checked, Dak Prescott's going to be wearing some different cleats. So it seems like the issue of his shoes being too tight should be over. Prescott says he's in the best shape of his life, heading into another toe-to-toe against Tom Brady and Co. So let's dive into this one, Marcus. What is the key for the Cowboys offense to handle the Bucs defense?
3: okay y'all six months of me being nervous well maybe not six months I'm hoping we get a wild card spot and I can be nervous during the playoffs but ultimately I believe the Dallas Cowboys have to find some semblance of a run game and I know that's not handing the ball off 30 times you got to be multiple but you have to tease it and test this Tampa Bay defense because if you if this turns into a drop back game when you're trying to implement a new left tackle Shaq Barrett being on the outside the way Todd Bowles dials up pressures and blitzes, which Dak was really good at against last year, but we're talking about doing this with a new new receiving core outside of C.D. Lamb. We're talking about doing this with guys that are unknown. You see struggles early in the year with offenses and quarterbacks not being on the same page. We saw Matthew Stafford not fully trust Allen Robinson, who we believe is going to be a good connection as the season goes along. Dak is dealing with that in his receiving core as well. So I just hope that Zeke Elliott is 100% healthy and they can find a way to stretch this thing out in some zone stretches. They can figure out a way to get Tony Pollard involved and just tease Tampa enough to make them pay attention to the run game, which was successful and why they played good offense early in the year last season.
0: So, Marcus, I'm
3: what's that really look on your face, mean?
0: bro. <laughs> I want to be more pro rushing this year than in previous seasons because of the way defense is going in the NFL. I am not, however, going to be pro rushing in this football game against this football team. You you do not want to run the ball on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm just saying that can't be the game plan because it's simply not going to be effective. You know what is effective against this Bucs defense? Quick passes. Screens. They actually allowed mm-hmm. the third highest QBR and eighth highest first down rate to screens last year. And I expect that to continue, frankly, because of the personnel that they still have in place. Here's what I want to see. We've been hearing all summer long about Tony Pollard slot receiver. Throw him the football. He has the juice. Yes. He has electricity. He is excellent with the ball in his hands. And for me, instead of leaning on the running game to neutralize the pass rush, that is a weapon that I could see Dallas going to. That will help them bu- or help buy Dak some time down the road. Fantasy owners,
1: I want to make sure you got good. Tony Thank Pollard. You. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I like
3: that Thank one. Thank you, I'm Marcus.
1: Okay. That was a roller coaster for you. It was like up and then down and then it back was. up again. We, we're, was, we're good. That's what Mina does for us. You. Know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, RC.
3: RC, about go. to remove a track. I'm about to fall yeah. flat off the <laughs> roller coaster right now. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Keep
1: yourself in the seatbelt, okay? Uh, hey, RC, let's go <laughs> to the Tampa Bay offense and this Bucs O line. Now we finally get to see what it's really going to look like with Tom Brady. You got any concerns?
5: I do have some concerns, and so does Tom Brady. Tom Brady said he was speaking to them about the fact that the world believes that the offensive line of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the weak link the weak link of this team. And let's think about what they have defensively in Dallas. Obviously, Demarcus Lawrence is one of the top rushers in the league, but also Michael Parsons. Anytime he gets a one-on-one matchup, he seems to win. And the Dallas Cowboys and Dan Quinn do a great job of being able to blitz at the right times. When they blitz, they held the rest of the league to the lowest QBR of any team, and they also got nine interceptions, which is two more than any team in the entire NFL. So if Dan oh, Quinn can put lot. those in places where this is the right time, and he gets an opportunity to get the one-on-one matchups with some of his prime rushers, I think they could take advantage of this beat-up offensive line and Tom Brady's this in the pocket.
0: Yeah, so here's uh, in a situation where I am actually comforti- comfortable running the ball because uh, Marcus and now that roller coaster is about to go... Down. If the Bucks defense no. is <laughs> Tuesday NFL Live, <laughs> the Cowboys run defense is Friday. Just no discipline, and you know I am right. You know I'm right. Leonard Burnett
1: is
3: not going to have
0: any problem
1: attacking those we guys. We don't
3: know that.
1: By the way, somehow Mina just made a shot at all of us and also the Cowboys. <laughs> Thank you free for that. The <laughs> it's so good.